0: 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada.
1: And the viewpoint it certainly is at a time when uh, South Africa, uh, uh, meaning the president, Ramaphosa, together with the the Chinese counterpart, are having discussions around that China-Africa summit, as you know, and on the back of the BRICS uh, event that we had here in South Africa a few months ago. South Africa now officially in recession. What does all that mean? We won't get the answers now, but I want you to think about it. We will talk about it at 9.30. We will certainly do that. We'll also have a very different thing. we we'll have a profile on Peter Indora. Do I have to tell you who he is? Of course you know who he is. We'll talk to him about many, many things, okay, including covering that recent election in Zimbabwe. So looking forward to that. Our big hitter for the night, however, is not South African. Surprise, surprise. He's Stan Slap. Yes, spelt exactly the way I would pronounce it, S-L-A-P, Stan Slap. He's the CEO of The Slap Company. He's done many things. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's just uh, left me a book here, which I'm certainly going to read, called Under the Hood. Uh, and whether that's a neighborhood or a hood that you cover in disguise, we're going to find out. Fire up and fine tune your employee culture. Uh, that's just maybe sums up all the things that he's all about and what he does. Stan, good chatting to you. And thanks for allowing us to, well, get you in studio. And you're the big hitter
2: for the night. Yeah, great to be here. Big
1: thanks. hitter, big reputation. Right. You have to live with that responsibility right. for the next uh, right. 55 minutes. 089 wait, 10 That's the, the dial in number to get live on air. And you can join the conversation share your viewpoint. You can tweet us. Hashtag. SFM Viewpoint. You'd also pick up um, Stan Slap's uh, Twitter handle on my timeline right away. Um, and if you are tweeting, it's hashtag SFM Viewpoint. And uh, thirdly, SMS is 40938, 40938. So, Stan, good chatting to you. Why are you in the country?
2: I'm here to do this work. Uh, the work that I do is all about maximizing the commitment of manager, employee, and customer cultures, the three groups that decide the success of any company. So, we're here for the business, but Culture is where the humans gather in business, mm-hmm. and the work that I do is really to make the business case for humanity, to position these three cultures as as precious assets to the company, so the company will take care of them, and so take care of the humanity that they represent.
1: So when you, so in terms of you doing the business here, you
2: you what you're consulting to people, you're talking to companies, yeah, okay. all those things. We have clients here, companies here, and we're building an in-country team here. Um, and and we're going to do this continent wide. Can you Just, tell us? Uh, can you tell us who they are? Um, I can tell you one of our clients is, as an example, uh, Standard Bank. Okay, a fabulous company.
1: And hopefully yes. still moving forward, as they would have said in their previous uh, payoff line itself. What? Okay, that that's the work that you go that you do. What, what are you about? I mean, what what is what is your
2: business? Our business is all about culture and. Um, And there are three cultures that decide the success, like I've said, of any company, a manager Mm -hmm. culture, an employee culture, and a customer culture. And we're all about how to get the most out of those cultures by treating them the way they deserve to be treated. So tell us more, because are you suggesting that in terms of speaking to people
1: that there's a certain… You know we often when we talk culture we tend to think of the one part is culture as in legacy thousands of years and this is the mm-hmm. way we we dress or we walk or we sing or we or the languages speak that that's one culture you you're talking about what a, a certain cultural formula if I get that right that that works, in, in, in a business, in an organization,
2: in a yeah, country? Yeah, I mean, that's our focus is on business. It, it, it works outside of business, too. But a culture is created whenever a group of people share the same basic living circumstances, and they band together to share the beliefs of the rules of survival and emotional prosperity, whether that's in the jungles of Samoa with Margaret Mead or at Standard Bank. Everybody at the bank works in the same country or in the same company for the same manager, on the same team, mm-hmm. and so uh, they band together because they all share the same basic living circumstances, and they uh, they they look for the same rules of survival themselves. The more people looking for the same watering hole, the safer it is for everybody. So, what what
1: sort of culture then are we talking about? Because you know, one thing is is suggesting that that companies must have a culture. Well, they have a culture. But, but, but already. You can have a losing culture.
2: You can you have can definitely a, you have a can have a, a very culture. reckless
1: culture. W- what type of culture are we talking about?
2: Well, we're talking about a culture that, that that is really giving protective evangelism to the company, a culture that takes on company success like a personal crusade. And in order for a culture to do that, for a culture to really support the company, then the culture has got to feel very secure and fulfilled in order to do that. So what we really do is... We explain what culture is. Culture is the most overused, least understood concept in business. You better repeat that. Yep. Most overused At least and understood. least understood. Well, let me give you an example. Of that. <laughs> culture was Merriam-Webster's word of the year in 2014. So according to the most popular dictionary in the entire English language, there were more searches for the word culture than any other word in that, e- that year. And in our company, we like to say, If banana had made word of the year instead, by now companies would understand what a banana (laughs) is, and they'd recognize it's not going to peel itself just to feed you. And still we battle. And still we battle. Why is that? Why why is it so researched
1: and still so misunderstood? Is there there a reason we can put down to that?
2: Yeah, because it, it just generally really isn't understood. It's talked about a lot. That word culture is slung around constantly, but, but to really understand it is, is an entirely different thing, and it, it's just not well understood. So, so let's get this right. You, in your dealings with, with
1: businesses, you provide them an understanding of, 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 of understanding culture as, as what? As an important driver conduit for the success of their own businesses, because I mean that would be their motivation. Yeah, as
2: the driver. There, there's really, well, uh, there, the, there, 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 the right? there's nothing that is going to happen in any enterprise unless the culture wants it to happen. If the culture wants something to happen, it's going to happen. If the culture does not want it to happen, it is not going to Ex- happen. Explain that. Well, the culture has got all the power to influence anything that happens in the business. And for a business, it's not just the employee culture. Your customers, if you're running a business, your mm. customers are generally employees somewhere too and they'll decide to protect or reject your business based upon how they perceive you treat people just like them. So, uh, yeah, the culture's got all the power. Who, who have you
1: dealt with? I mean, I know you, you've, I want you to tell me, you've spoken, you've you've advised or consulted with, with some of the biggest oh, name yeah, countries yeah. in the world. Tell, tell us who they are. Oh,
2: um, Google, Give me five at least, not Google, Facebook, uh, Microsoft, HSBC, Standard Bank, the government of Northern Ireland, the Central Intelligence Agency, and the State Department in the United States. I could go on. Well, we could ask you to give us some failures. Who have you advised with culture? And they've
1: taken the advice, and it still hasn't worked.
2: Uh, Well, I don't want to throw any company under the bus. Um, We generally don't work with those companies anymore, unless they're really committed to this. We're not going to go ahead and ask for on your behalf, ask a culture to trust you at a deep level if you're gonna just default on that. That's cause, that. That'll cause irreparable harm to a business. So I would say in the early days, there were companies that just, they bought us like an expensive jogging suit and they didn't really want to sweat. And we don't do that anymore. We're pretty careful about who we take on. One, one of the things you, you've,
1: um, you've said, and I was looking at some of your quotes saying, when it comes to the leader, right? The leader is also the chief cultural officer. Well, That's something yeah. we, we would never speak about in this
2: country. Yeah, and the, a legendary CEO is two things. They're a chief cultural officer and they're a chief brand officer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it, it, if you really want to have legacy impact, then you focus a lot on those two issues. Expe- explain
1: how, because I'm, I'm trying to understand people listening in. Some may get it immediately, others may like, example.
2: Well, I mean... Uh, Again, in employee culture, because it has the power to influence anything in the business, if you're the chief executive officer or if you're running any organization and you do not understand how a culture works and how to maximize its commitment, good luck getting anything done. I mean, if your job, at whatever level you are in a company, if your job, the success of your career, the success of your company involves achieving results through other people, and those other people having to work for you. Understanding the true motivations of an employee culture is is the most critical information you can have to be successful. And so if you were the chief executive officer, it's the same thing. You have the will of the culture can make or break a company. And and actually the biggest metric of cultural commitment won't be seen until the culture needs to show it. That's if the company gets into trouble. Only a committed culture will step up and save it. Now you can't bank that ahead of time. You got uh, rather you can't bank that when you need it. You have to put it away ahead of time. So, really understanding culture is not just about creating performance; it's creating performance insurance, and that is definitely the responsibility. And I will you pick was, up your pick
1: your brain on on the fact that South Africa is in recession. Not that we're going to discuss economics, but certainly what you may tell us around. Getting the culture right to ensure that we can, well, can you insulate yourself? Is that too late? We'll get to that in a minute. Let's get some calls here. 89 My guest is Stan Slap. He's the CEO of the Slap Company. It's a, it's a consultancy. We'll find out more about that. Uh, he's certainly a New York Times bestselling author. And his latest book, which I've got in front of me, is called Under the Hood. talks about employee culture, employer culture, and a whole lot of things and just getting the culture right to ensure that an organization, well, survives, thrives, and and yours, uh, KGM from Kimberley. Welcome to the show. Hi,
3: good evening, Ashraf. Good evening to your guests. Good and, talking to you. the listeners.
1: Thank you, <coughs>
3: Ashraf. It's not every day where I'm going to say I aspire somebody, mm-hmm. and and Stan is one of, of my my aspirations in terms of how he conducts himself. Uh, as, as a young and upcoming consultant myself, I, I, I take off my head for him, and and, and look. In terms of culture, as he explains it, maybe to, to bring it to home, if you, if you look politically, for instance, you mm. look at the, the likes of the ANC, uh, there's a culture within the, the ANC, or even in any political party, that says, we tore the line in this way. Uh, Ashraf, you've seen how um, political parties or politicians within political parties, members of a party, would, would protect
4: the mm, other, mm, one mm. of
3: them, Because of the culture, the culture is you are one of us, even when you're wrong. Because of the strong culture that brings us together as a union or as a movement organization, we are going to protect you. You can take it further to the likes of uh, a football club, for instance, Mm. and Kaiser Chiefs or Orlando Pirates or Mm Mandaluy Sandals. Now, the the flip side of the question, which is what I'd to ask Stan on, is this. How can one use culture, construct this, to influence what has become a strong culture of veto regression and destruction? In, in the context of South Africa, at one point we were a beautiful country, a marvel of the world. We've now adopted a culture of being counted as one of the corrupt states of the, of the continent. Mm, mm, How do we turn this around? Using
1: culture. Okay, we'll we'll certainly get a response on that uh, KGM. Thank you for that call. All right, and there you are, uh, KGM. Who? calls in often and has some interesting things to say certainly complimentary about you one of the people who would aspire towards so there you are Stan Slap CEO of the Slap companies our big hitter for the night more thoughts more calls you can do just that 0891 104 207 so I'll get to you in just a moment hashtag SFM viewpoint if you wish to give us a thumbs up to the chat we're having uh, and what is it you maybe enjoy just be specific you can also quote tweet the guest as well and share your viewpoint after all, we call the viewpoint.
0: The first Heritage Day was instituted in 1995 after the first free elections that spelled the end of apartheid and the beginning of a new non-racially based democracy.
5: We have traveled a long journey. We have fought for peace and reconciliation, for social justice for all men, women and children. To live together in harmony and with equal opportunity. I am an African. I am an African. I'm owing my being to the hills and the valleys of this
1: land. I am. I am an
0: African. SFM leading the Heritage Month conversation.
1: Mm. So the Department of Communications invites the public, that's you, to the Broadcasting Policy Review Colloquium. Now, this colloquium takes place at the at Gallagher's Convention Center, Midren, 6th, 7th of September. So it's imminent. It's uh, and The theme is Building a Resilient Public Broadcaster. Very, very topical, of course, in the light of uh, the, the news today around uh, uh, the future of the SABC. Members of the public who would like to attend the colloquium or send written submissions, if they cannot attend, uh, should contact, let me give you an email address, it's, well, it's Nomfundo Jolwana, and the email address is, N-O-M-F-U-N-D-O, as in Nomfundo, and then, at doc.gov.za, so, Nomfundo, at, uh, doc, at doc.gov.za, uh, there's, um, a contact number, 012-473-0418, 012-473-0418, and do that by no later, Then, tomorrow.
0: Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM.
1: My guest, Stan Slap, the CEO of the Slap Companies in South Africa, doing business with uh, some of the bigger South African companies. I think is mentioned Standard Bank as well. We'll talk about others, too, in terms of, uh, well, devising a company culture or corporate culture. The same can apply to organizations, NGOs, and to the country as well. Stan, you may want to just respond to that call that we had, KGM. Yeah. Uh,
2: So I I want to be very careful here. Um, I'm from America, Mm. and first of all, I am not personally responsible for Donald Trump, McDonald's, or any number of boy bands who've hit the, <laughs> the radio waves here, I'm, I'm just, I I'm, happen to be from America. So it would be naive and arrogant for me to begin to comment too deeply about, about the South African mm-hmm. situation. Naivete and arrogance are rarely a winning combination. Um, but I will say this, I I've just, I don't think that South Africa is a corrupt country. The people of South Africa are not, by and large, corrupt. There are corrupted institutions that they've been a victim of, corruptive social systems. Um, and in order, in order to find your way back, um, trust has to be established a little bit at a time. There's because what's not going to happen is you're not going to get the deepest level of trust possible, faith which is I believe, mm. but I don't know. That's not gonna happen right away. You're gonna have to have leaders because a, a culture trust doesn't trust plans, it trusts leaders who bring it plans. You're gonna have to have legitimate leadership that defines, here's where we are now. We can't stay here. We, how, how, we, how, do you, how, how do you create that? Because it's so obvious yeah. that that's what needs to
1: happen. The reality it appears and, and yes I think the political party view excuse yourself, we excuse you as well, understandably so. But the point is there are different political parties yes, yes. And, and other groups. And how do you get them to have a joint vision versus
2: their version of their own vision that everybody must embrace or else? Yeah, well I'm gonna say this and, and, and these are these are general solutions, obviously not specific tactical solutions. But it's not going to be one solution uh, right away. First of all, every significant cultural revolution in history has happened bottom-up, not top-down. So you don't necessarily have to wait for the institutions that you would depend on to provide this for you. Mm -hmm. It can be community by community. It can be anybody in a position of leadership influencing one group at a time. And is that really everybody? I mean, are there no other examples of... The, the these
1: changes in society, revolutions happening. Oh, from the top.
2: Sure, um? I mean there there are instigators from the top. There are leaders who have a particular vision that ignite a groundswell, but within the cult- within the cultures themselves, uh, they're ready for the for for the change, and they're the ones that make the change. It's a combined power of the followers that make the change, and that's what I mean by bottom up. Mm. One person may have a very clear vision must go here, can't stay where we are. But it is the combined power of others that ignites that. And that's the groundswell. And so in many cases, that's the way it's gonna have to work. You're gonna get individual groups who say this far, no further. We will not be defined by this aura of corruption. We will not be defined as a backwards people in a backwards country. This is simply not us. It's not true. Our struggle is profound and that needs to be respected. There are other countries who do not have this struggle at present. That doesn't mean they're better than us. Mm-hmm. They've never been tested like we've been tested. And are there
1: other examples of company, com, company, com, countries, in this case, that have embraced differences within ideologies, within political parties, for the common good that they've got it right. I'm, I'm,
2: there there are, and I want to be very careful not to say that. Let me be very clear. Yeah. We could fill several large warehouses with detailed reports of things I know nothing about. I have a very strong opinion about all those things. If we're talking about something, I feel very confident that I've got expertise and i'm I'm happy to advise, otherwise, I'm just happy to trade opinions with you absolutely and if it's just you and me in the room, we're both right then we'll talk yes. <laughs> maybe okay. we should have yeah. that private okay. chat anyway
1: <laughs> right. uh is saying, loving the conversation, I'm so inspired because it was just recently when I was chatting with a friend about the importance of social philosophies in, into the working place would love to hear more. can he take training? Interested people, something, basically, can you train people like him? Uh, c- can you do that? I mean, a personal sure. connection? Yeah, of course. Well, I'll tell you what, Lepalo, Le this is, you know, I like it when people stick their necks out. That's also a culture, a culture <laughs> of not saying, I'm sure it can't be done. So why don't you drop me an email, okay? Ashraf at safm.co.za. Can you do that? A-S-H-R-A-F, Ashraf at safm.coza. Just drop me an email and make reference to, yes, you've pitched to say, I need some help, and if others want to join in on the bandwagon, well, there's nothing stopping you. Then I will connect you uh, to to Stan Slap, and I'll connect you to Vuma Reputation to set us all up, and then we'll take it from there. Okay, thank you. Let's get to, let's get to the. Okay, we've just lost that one call. Do call back. I will take your call right away. Oh eight nine one one oh four two oh seven. Oh eight nine one one oh four two oh seven. Big hitter for the night. Stan Slap, CEO of uh, at the Slap uh, Company. Stan, so okay what do you what do you know about south africa's let's call it corporate culture compared to the obvious comparisons the usa and and other countries uh,
2: that you're familiar with remarkably enough so my company works in 90 countries
1: mm-hmm.
2: and remarkably enough when you get when you get the basic uh relationship of a manager or an employer or a customer to a company that's kind of the same the world over. So, managers, an example: a manager in one company in one country does not realize that a manager in another company in another country is also convinced they're trapped in some vague conspiracy between idiots above them and idiots below. They think mm. it's just their unique circumstances. However, the circumstances in South Africa, the 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 racial divides, the 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 gender and age and uh, and, and and the and the, the deep desire of the young generation to advance in such a perplexing circumstance, and, and just and people judged for many things other than their basic worth as a human being. I, this is unique to South Africa at this time, at least in, out of the 90 countries we work in, we have not seen this. And So just repeat this, so, so what is unique to South Africa? You, what is unique to South Africa is, uh, if you're talking about a corporate circumstance, what allows you to advance in a typical company in a typical country? Your expertise, your provable accomplishments, your track record, your you know, wh- you know whatever your core skills—that is not necessarily the case in South Africa. There are other issues that would block you or accelerate mm-hmm. you, and those have to be respected. Um, it, It's—I uh, mean, I don't so know,
1: what would then allow us to advance if there are impediments? beyond the obvious, because of our history of apartheid, because of this highly unequal society that, that we,
2: we are a part of. Yeah, and, and again, I'm not trying to give broad-based simplistic solutions to complex, nuanced problems, but the thing that unites everybody in every company is their humanity. That, and and that's it. And And if you can find that unifying theme, a lot of these distinctions and a lot of these suspicions uh, uh, really disappear if... And this is the advice I would give to any manager, be human first a manager second. What, what does that mean, humanity or being human? It, it means remembering the, the things that make human beings connected at, at the deepest level, empathy and grace and support and loyalty and affiliation, that regardless of circumstances, ultimately that's still the connecting thread. We have to find something. That connects us all.
1: What about those that say that you can't be too soft on your employees, drive them, drive them hard, then pay them well when they, when when we all succeed. But, but if it's too much about the human aspect and the humanity, those companies just don't work.
2: Well, and I've heard that. That's probably untrue. Uh, But also I'm not talking about being soft. I'm because culture is the work I've done for two Mm. decades. I'm asked all the time, what is a great culture? And I think people expect me to say, "Well, it's a happy culture," and you do not want your culture to be actively unhappy. But a great culture is a committed culture, and the performance of a com- uh, committed culture that can be measured with any metric you use to manage the business. We're not talking about soft stuff. Anybody who thinks this soft this mm. is soft stuff is clinically insane. This is so the being, stuff of being hardcore human or being business humane results. Being yeah. a
1: sense of humanity is, is not soft.
2: No, not not soft. Well, why things. is there? immediate perception even
1: from myself and others to say that it it implies a a a compassion a compassionate way of dealing with people as opposed to sort of i invest it it, it's it's
2: just so so bizarre that we've (laughs) we've come to a state where compassion is considered a vulnerability compassion is considered you just don't get you're just not with the program what's wrong with compassion compassion is not necessarily soft compassion is understanding and if you back that compassion with the necessity to do your best work um that's how that's how work happens empathy grace dignity uh, uh, loyalty none of those things are soft things.
1: i'm going to ask you to mention some names if you can of companies uh wherever they may be south africa or around the world where they've embraced this culture that you speak about and it's worked for them but i want to pick up more callers uh, as we chat to stand slap the big hitter for the night uh we'll get to mark in a second but felix go ahead from Nelspruit. hello felix Good evening.
4: Thank you for taking my call, Ashraf. As,
1: as always, look forward to you engaging with me. Go ahead.
4: Oh, yes. We are bound to misunderstand culture. It is bound to happen like that. Because we always shift responsibilities away from individuals. And that's why we are bound to misunderstand culture. Now, what I mean by this is this. In a group, in a society, what matters is the level of consciousness of the individuals in that group, in that society. The level of consciousness, of awareness, of our connectedness. Now, that connectedness is the humanity you are trying to talk about. Now, the higher the consciousness of the people or the individuals in a, in, in a society, in a company or whatever in a country, the more they realize their connectedness, the more they are willing to sacrifice everything to be connected to each other. And that is why leadership is misunderstood. Now, as an individual, you can only lead one life and that is your life. And after you have lived that life so beautifully, so graciously, then it is possible for you to be a servant. And it is that attitude of being servant, that's what culture means, that I'm willing to serve for the good of the
2: whole. And that is what humanity is lacking.
1: Okay, got that. Thanks for that, uh, Felix. Respond to, it, respond to him.
2: I, I think that was a, a flawless statement, and, and there is nothing soft about that. That is as complex and nuanced an issue with as much dramatic impact as you can possibly get. And, and, and throughout history, that's how impact happens. Throughout business, that, that that's how impact happens. Any legendary organizational success, if we're using business as an organizing framework for humanity, you could use politics, you could use religion, you could use community, you could use any of these things. At the root of impact is a bunch of emotionally committed human beings that form together a common bond. And and uh, and that's what makes changes. Uh, Felix, I think I think you're absolutely right.
1: Well, well you know, you, you speak in the context of a sense that amongst South Africans, and, and this would be politicians, and these would be, you know, leadership in terms of organizations, right? Not certainly businesses, but, but influential organizations. We come into a stage where we're we, we entering or we probably are in, in the politics of of mob thought, making a big noise, yelling at each other, outing each other all the time. I don't know how little or how much you know about that. But even if you didn't, right, how, how do we turn that around? Because it, it just appears, so even if politicians differ, they, they differ angrily with each other, with, with, with no respect, with disdain for each other.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're not great role models. I think it's, it's we have to look for our role models in other places than by position alone that that your position alone even if you were elected into it does not necessarily grant you the 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 skill the ability the human competence to do what you need to do and and i would say whether it's politics or business either either one is fundamentally corrupt if your purpose is not to serve your true constituency and so in business the, the if if you are what is your true constituency well it's who is going to drive the business results. So it's not shareholders, not stakeholders, not investors. It is the employee culture and ultimately the customer culture. And you could say the same thing for politics. So if that is not the role model, that we are not necessarily our government in any country, Mm -hmm. we are not necessarily our government. Well, then it's an issue of self-governance. It's the issue of just saying, we know how we want to live and this is the way we're going to live and that's that's a very healthy thing for a culture this is how change happens so I, listen i'm 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 not a perky guy i think perky is at best mm. delusional at worst dangerous and certainly annoying our companies our com- the companies that we have as clients do not include patience on their list of corporate values they want results and they want them fast but they've tried many many times to get results by bluffing their employee culture by bullying it, by bribing it, none of that works. Your culture will give you whatever you want, but you have to give it what it wants first. And really understanding what causes people to affiliate with a common bond and the power of that bond. Again, this is not soft stuff. This is the stuff of hardcore results. More to come on and get more callers, of course. Mark in
1: Cape Town, let's get your thoughts and we'll get to Billy in a second. Mark, go ahead, hello.
4: Evening, I will try and make it short and sweet. Thank you. Um, In my 50 years, I have noted uh, Africa's, one of Africa's biggest problems, including us. With our problem, we are a divided nation. Especially with this land reform, it's now though the Zulus and the Khoi and the Khoisan, everybody is fighting now over this piece of land which belongs to nobody. It's God's creation. When we die tomorrow, you can't say you can't take this land or this piece of country with you to your grave. Now the problem is, from what I've noted, we are a greedy nation. And greed has divided us totally. Thank you very much. Okay, Asura. we
1: are a greedy nation. You see, that's a, a description of the, the entire nation. We'll get a response. Uh, in c- Can you comment on that?
2: Yeah, I, I, I would just... So, again, I am not of this nation, mm. so let's just recognize that I'm totally unqualified to comment on this. But as far as the human dynamic, I think to label an entire nation as a greedy nation is... is, is probably a, a pretty deep exaggeration and and when it comes to culture one of the biggest mistakes a company can make is blaming a culture for how it's treated and i would say the same thing if you're getting that kind of behavior widespread amongst this nation the question is are people naturally that way or are they reacting to circumstances if they're reacting to circumstances then those circumstances can be changed by changing mm. the how, power how are we of the culture? able to find out is there a a way of, of answering the question. I think you find out. So you're a South African, are you a greedy person? Not uh, no. Do you think that any of the, the callers here? Well, no, they, I think they care deeply about the country. They, That's they care why deeply. I, yeah. I, this is coming from America. It is as troubled as this land is. There is something here that I don't find as an American, and this overt love of country. It's it's almost like I would liken it again. So, wait, you I, you don't find the overt love for country? Not not this way. I find a lot of jingoistic mm. love of country, but a deep. It it's almost and again, pardon me for this as an unqualified statement, but it's almost like the parents of a troubled child. And yes, the child acts out, and the child causes trouble, and there are a lot of people that 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 uh, um, are going to just just uh, say that this child is headed for trouble. The parents have the soft moments with the child. The parents believe in the true potential of the child. The parents love that child against any critic mm-hmm. of that child. Do not tell me that this child will not beat this circumstance and end up being a beautiful, giving adult that, that makes the world a better place. I find that the way the people I've talked to in South Africa, they kind of look at the country like a trouble child, but it's their child.
1: Well, oh, there you are, absolutely. Uh, Billy, go ahead from Port Elizabeth, hello, Billy. Yes, Ashraf. Good. You're on Ashraf, the air now. Your, mm.
5: guest, your guest does not have to be from America. What he's saying is making a lot of common sense. Of course, I do know that common sense is not necessarily common. <laughs> what he's saying is profound in its simplicity. Let me be specific. Mm-hmm. Ashraf, you know from the educational point of view, and this can be applied to corporate sector as well. In the educational setup in this country, we've got five quintiles divided against, I mean, For income, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Now, whether it is quintile one, two, three, four, five, four and five, of course, being the well-resourced schools, if there's a culture of learning and teaching, irrespective of the quintile, that school will be successful. For example, there may be black children, white, Chinese, Indians, doesn't matter. If the culture of learning, how things are done in that school, it will be successful. For example, if they can get the basics of learning and teaching correctly, which are discipline, punctuality, teachers' teaching according to the predictable timetable, that school, in the most variety of cases, will be successful. Thank you very much, Ashtar. Okay, good.
1: Thank you. There you are. Yeah. Another person who certainly cares about his country, Yes,
2: yes. Another profound statement from somebody who I would not characterize as greedy in any way. But
1: is there a difference? Can, can we say, if we look at five countries now, uh let's take india china uh germany uh south africa naturally and and australia C- can we say that you know when we when we talk about countries we often talk about a country's culture so the obvious one is german precision how, how, sure, you know sure. so is that really the culture of an entire
2: country no it's not it's it's, it's, it's a behavioral characteristic but a culture is a multi-layered uh, thing and you have various subcultures within within a company and within a, within a culture as well. Um, so the national characteristic of Germany, sure, is distinct from the national characteristic of France. But in all of these cases, in every one of the countries you mentioned, including South Africa, it is a belief system that's that is intended to allow its inhabitants to survive and prosper emotionally and. If that is very difficult to do, then the danger is the culture becomes emotionally detached. And that's where the trouble starts. And you can't blame a culture for being emotionally detached. If it is not safe to be committed to the country, then what choice do you have? So the only, I go back to this, the only solution. It's great if leadership provides a solution. But, but seriously, the only dependable thing that's gonna happen to you in your life, top down, is a digging of your grave. So unless procrastination is a big personal value of, you, of yours, don't wait. One person influencing one group at a time, one company taking on this accountability on behalf of Mother Africa, uh, uh, one mother mm, raising mm. children, one community coming together. This is how it is going to change. The only way it's going to change. Well, what about, you know, one of
1: the quotes, and let me see if I can find it, uh, you saying, true leaders delegate but they are never far away from, from the from being the culture of an organization, okay? Or from the culture. That means they they never sort of step away. So the question to you is then, how important is the leader of the organization in establishing a culture, or does the culture come from bottom up and then they give birth to the leader?
2: No, the, the leader the leader has a critical place. The leader has a special place in the culture. Mm-hmm. It's a lonely place, but it's special. The leader influences the rules of survival and emotional prosperity for a group of people that report to that leader. So can a culture be healthy if the leader is toxic? Yeah but it takes some work. It, 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 it really takes some work because if the leadership is unstable then the rules of survival and emotional prosperity are constantly shifting. And here's a culture that exists to protect itself and it's, it's constantly trying to confirm how to survive in a world that it cannot reliably control or anticipate. If that is made more uncertain by a narcissistic, self-serving leader or uncaring leader, it's just a mystery to define what does it take for, for me to survive here. So basically right. what you're
1: saying then, whether it's it's country culture, you know, in terms of the, the leadership of a country, whether it's a big organization, a company, or whether it's even a sports organization, uh, uh, the if, if the leader of the organization doesn't fully embrace and implement a, a certain culture that is I wouldn't call it a winning culture but inevitably it would need to win right understandably then it's very rare that the, that the company the rest of the people will follow through on the type of deliverables that were set but right. they're actually not true deliverables i'd say.
2: right the culture is agnostic it's it's going to it's going to go where it has the greatest surety of the way things are around here and if those are unhealthy things it's 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 going to fall at least that's certain so you know you you have to look at like these companies that are notoriously corrupt there's some in this country that that are certainly mired in scandal now there's there's iconic the enrons the worldcoms mm-hmm. you have to wonder how did fundamentally good people which are most of the most of those companies fundamentally good people let that evil under the door and because it, just because it happened from the top doesn't mean the culture didn't know something was wrong. The mm-hmm. culture knows everything. Well, it wasn't just one deliberate, heinous act. It was little paper cuts to the soul that went unnoticed, untreated, and infected the culture's true sense of self. And that is leadership's responsibility to not let that happen. And uh, But you have to have legitimate leadership. Again, not leadership by position. You're not a leader by position. So alone.
1: What's okay. a legitimate leader versus...
2: A leader should buy position. The the, a leader is someone who knows what they stand for most. You, someone becomes a leader by having a hyper awareness of what's most important to them. Their their deepest personal values, and because they understand their deepest personal values, they understand the way they want to see the world. And if I can, in 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 America, Martin Luther King Jr. has mm. values. We can presume. Uh, freedom and equality and spirituality so he knows the way he wants to see the world he wants to see it as a reflection of his he wants to see his values realized if he cannot make that happen all by himself he needs to turn what's most important to him into a compelling cause for others that's where that's where leadership happens and so you have to be grounded in that kind of self-awareness what has what what has living taught me about the best way to be What are those fundamental lessons? What's my own priority code for living? And if I want to to see the world around me as a reflection of that, I must be able to unite others to help me do that. Really, if if a leader knew who they were and they knew where they wanted to go and they could just get there, they'd just go. They'd send you a postcard from the promised land. I have a dream. You're not in it, Mm -hmm. but they need other people. And so it starts with one individual's Hyper awareness. Usually, if you look at the history of South African leadership, I would look at Nelson Mandela. Usually, a leader is aware of their values because their values are under pressure. You want to know something's important, you meet somebody trying to take it away, and I would say that that circumstance is is, is rife throughout the country. I would say there's a there's a uh, a better awareness of what is most important about living. Uh, that that is held by the citizens of this country than in many other countries that are complacent and entitled and and relatively trouble free.
1: I think there many may well concur to say there's a there's a robust debate about what's really important. I'll get to Jay in just a moment. Stick around Stan Slap with me, CEO of the slap company based in the USA, but he's in South Africa for a few days, in fact. Um and he's our big hitter for the night. We'll continue chatting to him up to nine o'clock, and then we have a fascinating guest, very different to the norm. He comes up after nine. I'll tell you about that in a moment.
0: Fifty-eight percent of South Africa's households have no storybooks. Can you imagine growing up without a bedtime story or something to capture your imagination and take you to faraway places? Let's make a difference together this national book week. Tell stories, visit your local library and buy a book for those who don't have. Join us as we travel the country with Funda Baila, 3 to 9 September. Go to essaybookcouncil.co.za or check out the National Book Week essay page on Facebook An SABC Foundation supported initiative. S.A.F.M. and Bergwood Hotel invite you and your loved one to the Birgewood Comes Alive Jazz Evening on Friday the 7th of September at the Bergwood Hotel in Bogsburg East Rand. Performing live on stage will be the timeless Ringo Matinko
3: Supported
0: by Zuri and the Music Academy of Gauteng Jazz Orchestra with the comedian Chris Mapane. Tune in to S.A.F.M. and stand a chance to win two VIP tickets and one night accommodation for you and your partner for bookings visit birgwoodhotel.co.za or call 011 897 0000 Please. SAFM let the music talk 8 to 10 p.m the viewpoint with Ashraf Gada
1: fascinating thoughts uh, diversity of callers always welcome Jay Goethe, hello
6: Thank you. Uh, just give me a few seconds, maybe a few minutes, just to um, uh, explain what I am making. Our, okay, but our you, don't, you, don't
1: have, you don't have a few minutes. You can make one point with respect, one Jay. One
6: point. Okay. In my culture, we are taught no matter where you live, on which part on this God-given earth, we should treat it as home and our land with respect. Treat all people with respect, no matter what culture they belong to. So in our culture, we are taught to do a lot of charity work because there's so much of underprivileged people, poverty. So we do this constantly right from a very young age for children till they are elderly, making them realize you don't take nothing with you, but be there to support each other to build this community and this country.
1: Okay, and, and so, when you say our yeah. culture, what what is our culture? What culture are you referring in, in, to? The
6: culture that we... It's your culture also. It's our culture. So when I'm saying our culture naturally brought us up this way, but with the new democracy, there's so much of criminality and and bringing the society down, with refrauding and hijacking and stealing... We, the culture has gone away. It's just gone away. Okay. In every sector. In right. every sector. Got
1: that. Thanks for that, uh, thanks for that call. Uh, Jay, uh, respond to that?
2: Well, again, from an outside perspective, it just doesn't seem to have gone away. As, as I was mentioning to you on the break, it it's a palpable difference between this country and other countries, and I'm in different countries okay. Okay. all and the time. Okay, and repeat that. What, what is the difference? Well, there, there is such difference. A, there's an, a such overt battle for the soul of this nation that its citizens are engaged in and it's very clear from everybody i've met it just comes up all the time in conversation where it wouldn't in another country that we are not going to lose the soul of this country on our watch and we don't know necessarily how to save it but we know that we will not lose it you know i
1: i was speaking off air about the the champion south africa um nation building project I'm involved in and I quoted this phrase that I give talks on champion people build champion nations and I'm saying that because part of, of one of the many things that, that I've read about you is, is putting people at the center of all things you, yes. you do right so so what's the message then that you have for, for management in terms of say business management
2: I would say for managers it it. it wherever you are in your career whether you're just starting your career as a manager you're halfway through or you're reaching the end state i don't think it's ever too early to look back at it as if it had already concluded and what do you want that career to have done have stood for do you want to have built a company made things made money now those are all very good things Mm. do you want to have had a legacy impact on the lives of the human beings who helped you do that that's a great thing. Now you don't have to give up the very good thing to get the great thing, but you have to want the great thing. And you better you better, it, repeat, you better repeat that. Just say it a bit slower. Okay, it's, it's an interesting one. Go ahead. You don't have to uh, give up the very good things—the making the money—the to get the great thing, that legacy impact on human. Mm. But you have to want the great thing, and. And as a manager, you have a tremendous influence on the lives of the members of your employee culture. If they are made to feel anxious and diminished and insecure at work, that's not going to stay on the job. That's going to jump the fence and follow them home. These same people are partners and parents and neighbors and voters. The toxic impact of an insecure, anxious population is incalculable. So a a culture's profound search for safety and meaning in an uncertain world is a reminder that we all live in this world. We're all searching for the same thing. So treating your employee culture with empathy and grace is not simply a job performance tactic. It's a mirror that reflects your own true humanity.
1: And and, and what's the matrix for that in terms of when you treat them with that level of empathy? You know, normally business bottom line would be the way you judge a company's success,
2: right? Yes, if, if you give an employee culture an environment worth protecting the only way they can protect that environment is to protect the company. They have to make the company more successful. They have to execute on strategies. They have to evangelize company intentions to others. They have to protect and course correct strategies. The equation is very simple for a culture. If this is a place that is worth protecting, we will protect it. And that jaw-dropping power of a culture to make or break any management plan and any manager. You definitely want that on your side. Mm. What, what happens in a, if you're working as an employee in a, well, within a company, and of
1: course there's a leader, and we made the point about how important the leader is, but, but the leader, you know, is the leader's culture is completely at odds with what the company culture should be, and
2: you know the company is, is bleeding because of that. Well, so are you saying a bad leader in a company? Yeah, effectively yeah. bad leader yeah, yeah.
1: imposing a bad culture yeah, and the company yeah. is bleeding because of that, and you want the company not to bleed because you need to succeed when the company succeeds.
2: Yeah, when, when we've seen that repeatedly in companies and the culture will hunker down in a particular geography or, or business organization, and it will just do things right to keep the company going, or, and it will support, it will immediately gravitate to anybody in any leadership position, no matter where they are in the hierarchy, and they'll, they'll fall in line behind that leader instead. Um, in a really corrupt organization, um, the, the culture just gets detached. If, if the culture believes we cannot be sane, safe, and successful all at the same time, again, our only option is to, to, to detach. But uh, it, that means the culture may be cynical. Cynical does not mean the culture doesn't care. Apathy means the culture doesn't care. Cynical means it hurts to the care. There's still plenty of commitment that can be revived by getting the proper leader into place. Mm.
1: There's, a, there's a question from, I think it's Matilda. Uh, let me just see if I can find it. Got um, this interesting. Just wondering how do our backgrounds, nuances, and traditions have uh, an effect on the triangular culture at the workplace between customers, employees, and the employer?
2: From Matilda in Rustenburg. Good question. That's a good question, mm. Matilda. And of course they do. Whatever you've learned about living doesn't disappear just because the a company tries to swap out your values with company mm. statements. Uh, if you've been grounded well, if you've been raised in a, in, a, in a supportive community, if you've learned this is the way you treat people in order to, to expect results, none of these are trite things. Of course you bring that in. You bring in different perspectives about how you relate to other communities, how you... The the key to all of this, if you look at any relationship you've ever had, it really went bad when you began to suspect the intentions of the other party. At that point, the relation's pretty hopeless because it doesn't matter what somebody else does, you're going to suspect their intentions. And that's why I'm saying, regardless and yet respectful of the individualities of cultures that come together under the company banner. You have to look for what unites us, not what divides us. There's another question uh, Well, Lepala, who I, I mentioned
1: earlier on, wants to connect. That email address is ashraf at SAFM. .co.za, okay? Drop me an email and I'll connect. Palo saying, however, every leader in the corporate sector must first be human before manager. I am moved. I look at my political culture in Lesotho. It brings me to tears. Uh, and saying, what a beautiful show. Well, I'm glad that you're listening in and glad you're enjoying it that much. You spoke about the great thing, right? The great thing. What's, what's your great thing?
2: Well, I'm, I'm, I I'm, believe, um, again, that culture is where the humans gather in business And if we can make the business case for humanity, we can take these mighty enterprises that are collectives of humanity, and we can cause them to do the right thing. This is not an ad for Standard Bank, and it's not simply Mm. because they're my client, but that is a company that, that wants to do the right thing. Wants to do the right thing for South Africa. Wants to do the right thing for Mother Africa. And yet, it's it still is responsible to many, many stakeholders, and has got to perform financially. The key to allowing both of those things to happen is uniting that mighty force of the culture. And that's when we do that kind of work, we make the business case for humanity. Really, I so we have lost humanity, arguably, in the two other large organizing frameworks. For, for. So how
1: how do you make the business case for humanity? Keeping in mind, even in South Africa, there's a sense that that corporate South Africa big business are by and large exploitative, and they only pay workers the bare minimum what they what they need to pay them to keep them there. They don't want to pay them more, and therefore this, this divide perpetuates. But they pay their leadership an enormous amount of money, and there's a great deal of distrust around that.
2: Yes, I, I'm not saying that every company is enlightened. Every company gets this. But you take the companies that do get this and you allow them to perform spectacularly and post record revenue gains and be able to take and hold market share without reducing margin and have have fanatical evangelism on the part of their customers. And they serve as a model and people ultimately go from those companies and populate other companies, whether those are smaller companies that become bigger or other big companies that now feel the heat of this company that's doing it right and we are in the shadow and not doing it right. It's the only way this is going to change. It, it is, and ultimately it's one manager influencing one group at a time. We've got 30
1: seconds to go. Uh, besides Standard Bank, other examples quickly of, of companies that have had this massive turnaround where they put humanity at the center of what they do?
2: Oh, I think uh, in a retail example, one that, Anybody, that, that yeah? does right is Starbucks. Starbucks okay. does this very well and how do they do it they take they take the internal culture very seriously and in america they had a problem where two african americans were refused admittance they shut down the entire company to delve deeply into this problem it was a single incident in a single store they shut every store in the united states to say this is not going to happen in our company this is not who we are
1: we got I said 30 seconds. I'll, I'll have you Another seconds. 20 seconds. The issue of racism. And I, bl- I picked it up very late. And my apologies for all that. We, we have this this culture of knocking each other. That, that's our history. Yeah. Um, how, how do you fight against that?
2: I, I think this is great. You, 20 seconds, you're going to bring up racism and ask me for the <laughs> ultimate solution. Yeah. Um, well, there's one thing know. we should do. You know, I'm going to just sound like some hippy-dippy guy from San Francisco. I swear that's not the case. (laughs) It's kindness is the best we can do.
1: Kindness. That's where we're going to leave you. Thank you for your time, Stan Slap. I'm going to leave it to you, by the way, to to tweet us some of the links for some of the great work that you do. And if you're able to yeah. post on Facebook, just uh, tag me Ashraf Ganda, SFM Radio hashtag SFM Viewpoint. I would gladly share that okay. As well. Okay, no, thank you. Much. And I get a sense from from our listeners, it's like thumbs up. We certainly enjoyed that big hitter, Stan Slap. Thank you for your time. You. Uh, Peter Endora is the other guest we're going to talk to just now. Now that's going to be a story that you're going to find just as interesting. Let's get the news. It's nine o'clock.